Star Wars 7x7 episode 2418. On today's Mando Memo episode, we're going to consider the armor as regards Season 2 of The Mandalorian. Of course, the armor did not appear in the season, but similar to how we talked about the client last week and about how the events of Season 2 shed some new light on the role of the client, well, we have some things to consider in a similar regard for the armorer. Punch it. Hey Rebel Razor, I'm Alan Voivod and this is Star Wars 7x7, your daily dose of Star Wars joy and thank you so much for joining me for it. So, the armorer who was played by Emily Swallow and appeared in a few of the episodes in season one of The Mandalorian did not show up in season two, unfortunately, and so fingers crossed we'll get to see her for season three, I think. There is some reasonableness to the idea of her showing up in season three and as to why, well, we will get to that. So just as the quick refresher, in season one, in the final episode, chapter eight of The Mandalorian, we saw the armorer for the last time and she talked about the Mandalorians who had been killed and said it wasn't Grief Karga's fault. They knew that they were putting themselves at risk when they exposed themselves to protect the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, when he was taking the child away. And so the Empire, the Imperials came not long after they exposed themselves and they were the cause of all the death and destruction with the Mandalorians. The armorer herself, though, doesn't know whether anyone survived, or at least that's what she's telling the Mandalorian. I don't see any reason why she would be hiding the truth from him for whatever reason, but she says that she hopes that some Mandalorians survived and that they may have escaped off-world, but yeah, we have no idea. So I would say it's probably likely that a few survived, but uh, yeah, that's another thing that will have to be revealed in season three. As for the armor herself, she is not going to leave until she's salvaged everything that's there to salvage. And she proves her point by taking on a bunch of Imperial stormtroopers prior to the end of the episode. Like the last thing that we see of her is her just laying waste to these guys and then posing dramatically and that's it. The Mandalorian Junior novel that came out doesn't have anything more really to say other than just a dramatic, she approached the forge preparing to clean off her tools and return to work. <laughs> that's it. So she had her dramatic moment and then went back to work. And by the time we return to Navarro in chapter 12, The Siege, that work has been completed. She is gone. The Mandalorian symbol that used to hang over the entryway to where she had all of her equipment is gone. So yeah, no evidence of Mandalorian situations there at all. And a bunch of Aqualash have taken over that space and are using it as their hideout as they rob people and divide the spoils amongst themselves and try to eat ferrets or space ferrets of some kind until Cara Dune shows up and takes them all out and grabs all the loot and says we got to return it to their rightful owners to the space ferret. And that is as much as we see of the Mandalorian Covert in season two. So why is there any cause to believe that we would see the armorer or any of the Mandalorians from that covert in season three? Well, the answer is basically dramatic tension, right? Because for 
one thing, the Mandalorian, Din Djarin, has been part of the Children of the Watch, and this Mandalorian covert, you would imagine, is also part of Children of the Watch, if not, you know, was the entirety of the Children of the Watch, and so is the Armorer, for that matter, and the Armorer seems to be the leader of the covert, and so, whether she and or anyone else who survived are together, Right now, Din Djarin has violated the rules of the Children of the Watch, right? He's taken off his helmet in circumstances where he never should have taken it off. Other people have seen his face. I know this is one particular aspect of the Children of the Watch, and I'm sure there are many more rules. <laughs> and Bo-Katan has defined the Children of the Watch as a group of zealots. And of course, Bill Burr has said, yeah, you know, you have all these rules, but we'll see what happens when push comes to shove. Well, push came to shove, and he broke some of those rules. And so it would be natural to set up consequences in season three. And so if the armorer and or any of the children in the watch come back, then this really puts the Mandalorian in a bind because he does not want to be the leader of the Mandalorians. He does not want to be the Mandalore. He's trying to hand over the Darksaber to Bo-Katan and saying, here, I yield, you take it, yeah. And Bo-Katan won't take it. The only way that she will take it is by defeating the Mandalorian in combat. So that's going to have to happen because Bo-Katan is not going to stand for him having this thing and he doesn't even want it. But he can't go back to the Children of the Watch in the way that he would like to probably because he has broken from their ways. And so you can imagine a situation where he would not be welcomed back in under the circumstances. So he can't go to the Children of the Watch. He can't go with Bo-Katan and her people. So what does he do? And it's also worth pointing out that the Mandalorian abandoned his search for other Mandalorians once he found other Mandalorians in the person of Bo-Katan and her crew. And when they sent him in search of Ahsoka Tano, well, that put an end to his hunt for other Mandalorians. But now he would probably want to go back to other Mandalorians. And so you can imagine him restoring his search for other Mandalorians, and in particular, trying to get back to the Children of the Watch. That seems like a very logical thing for him to do at this point, even if he knows that he has violated some of the terms of his particular brand of Mandalorian. And finally, I'll just simply say that unless they either A, tell us in season three that the armorer is dead, or B, that they show us that the armorer is dead, then we have to assume she's alive and kicking and has the ability to impact the story of season three going forward. I'll also note that because of the production situation and the fact that The Mandalorian season three is probably not gonna come out in 2021, it's probably going to come out in 2022, that means that we are going to have some Mandalorian fiction coming at us before the debut of season three, which means that we have the opportunity to have stories involving the armorer potentially. That's not to say that we know for sure the armorer will show up and say Adam Christopher's novel, for example, but the possibility exists. 
I suppose it would have been a lot simpler if we had seen the armorer fall down some, you know, giant shaft from a great height or something at the end of season one, because that way we would know for sure that she's coming back because that happened with Darth Maul, that happened with Emperor Palpatine. So apparently you fall from a great height and you're bound to survive one way or the other. So, uh, <laughs> isn't that silly? Which means that somewhere Han Solo is alive. But that's another story entirely, assuming he actually got off Starkiller Base 2. That's another issue. Anyway, so that's the armor. That's what Season 2 seems to suggest about the armor's potential for appearing in Season 3 and beyond and having an effect on the dramatic action for the Mandalorian and his next quest, whatever that may be, whatever his, you know, next level situation is with Mandalorian culture. And that is going to do it for this episode of the show as well. It just remains for me to say thank you so much for joining me for it, as always. And may the Force be with you, wherever in the world you may be. Star Wars 7x7 is not endorsed or sponsored yet by Lucasfilm Limited, Disney, or 20th Century Fox, and is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, all names and pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademarks and or copyrights of Lucasfilm Limited by their respective trademark and copyright holders. May the Force be with them. All original content is copyright 2021 by Star Wars 7x7. We hope you love it.